WWE. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk WWE. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera, and I am once again... Actually, I have the privilege of reintroducing the man himself, Mr. Lee Baker. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, surviving the random weather hitting currently the UK shores as we speak. You could say it's a backlash, Sonny. <laughs> I'm happy you went straight into backlash. So, um... I really want to go into it. I don't want to delve into it too much, but um, Randy Orton versus Edge, your thoughts? I think for me, I mean, I kind of uh, talked about this with a few friends and family that are wrestling fans as well. It was everything that I kind of remembered and loved from a wrestling match, you know, what we grew up with, kind of, you know, what AEW, and I do mean this, you know, what AEW have been doing, obviously NXT have done in the past. I just personally didn't like the whole, and we've talked about this, you know, two weeks ago on the podcast about the kind of the gimmick that was attached to the name of it. Mm -hmm. And even, um, you know, the referee being in a different shirt, it just come across more as silly when actually it could have been, you know, this is going to be a one-on-one singles match, you know, and it could be absolutely amazing, you know. But you can see now why with the rest of the card, they had to put this tagline on. And I think that's, you know, that's ultimately also kind of damaged it as well. I think WWE knew when they did it that they weren't going to have the... Um, people weren't going to say it's the greatest wrestling match ever, you know. I think WWE were well aware of that. They knew they weren't to to have the greatest match ever. You need to have a belt or a real, real big thing like the streak on the line, right? Something of that nature to go into the match. This was like just a big, probably the best personal feud, you know, of twenty twenty. But I think they got the right thing because putting such a ridiculous tagline on a match put the eyes on the match, you know. And they did. I mean, Lee, where's this Randy Orton been? You know, like where's this, where where is this Randy Orton? He's never here, and then he pops up once every few years and gives us that quality, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's because he's you know he's very much like Brock Lesnar, where he needs to be invested into who he's with, and you know, I I'll, to be fair, the big thing I got most out of this was how incredible Edge was taking those bumps. Definitely. On everything. I know obviously what's happened to him with his injury and jumping the gun as always, but he it it just made it feel like it was at normal edge and you were watching a match like twenty years ago and it's because obviously Orton was looking after him, you know, the way they worked and blended well together and it, it just shows Orton can still provide brilliant entertainment, as you roughly said though, something, with him being invested. Exactly. And, you know, as as we mentioned, it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever, but it was the best wrestling match in WWE in 2020. It was um, the best wrestling match that they've had in a while, really, in the WWE. But I thought it was great. 45 minutes, old school touches like the MSG and Howard Finkel's voice, the referee. Uh, you could see if, you know, if you're sharp eyed and you know you're wrestling, you could see where the cuts were from where they took a break in taping and or whatnot and just tried to redo it. But again, everything, the timing spot on, everything was great. Edge just looked like he hadn't lost a step. 
Alas, Shawn Michaels, SummerSlam, you know, all those years ago. And I've, it was one of those matches where I was actually skipping through a lot of backlash because a lot of it was shit. But this, it was bad. Like, for the whole hour, from the, the, the video was perfect. You know, this was a WrestleMania, like, like the video package and everything, you know, at the end of Backlash. I mean, they should have just done it as a three-match pay-per-view, which was the title matches and this, you know. They didn't have to put anything else on the card. But, again, you said it yourself. They knew what they had on paper, and they knew that this match had to draw. And, and it had a third of the show, you know, if you include the video packages and the intros. And it made it feel like a big match feel. And I think that's what I really liked about it. I have a question for you, though. Um... Edge signed a contract that stated he would only do a certain amount of appearances. He basically had signed a Lesnar deal, right? And he knows that there is huge repercussions to that from the hardcore, no matter who you are, right? As soon as they get wind of it, oh, I'm leaving now, you're not going to have that same thing. Is he really injured? Or is... Is this a oh. reason? I'm just saying, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I'll be the guy to throw it out there. He's hit his appearances in that for the year. You know, there was no picture from anybody, not from Beth, not from Edge, not from WWE about the surgery. Apparently, surgery's already happened and he's already yeah. in <laughs> And it's just like, I think to myself, this is a perfect way to keep Randy strong. And I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that in six, seven months' time, Randy's the champ, and Edge actually comes back to take it from him. You know, because it's yeah, one, one, an interesting way, yeah. But, I mean, is this a way, is this a tiny way to, um, you know, safeguard Edge with the hardcore fans that, oh, he's on a part-time, let's just say he's injured, there's no footage of the injury happening where apparently it was taped, um, or anything like that. Until, you know, and, and the thing about Edge, he's a dedicated guy, right? He will live the act if it has to be that way in terms of public and things like that but I don't know Lee I just don't think he's injured do you know what it's, it's actually a really good way of um, protecting Edge and you know like you rightfully said because we never got that Wrestlemania crowd reaction mm. and oh look a tricep recovery is what eight months exactly mm, if we work out eight months from now where do we sit uh, oh look there's uh, Wrestlemania around the corner right so uh, you know I think if it is that, I think it is a a wonderful and clever way of letting Orson basically become the Viper again or the Legend Killer. Because I think that's kind of the path is going on. We saw it Raw and Big Show, and you know ultimately you could have that as you rightfully said, go for Drew Edge wins a title, and what a moment that would be! You know that would be absolutely crazy. Exactly, and they need, to, they need Drew to drop the belt somewhere, right? And it it could be Orton down the line, you know, because, again, it's one of those things, Orton working with the likes of Drew and Edge, and that would really build it up. And obviously what happened on Raw, they are bringing that, oh, he's sadistic sort of thing, and unless Christian's going to be back for a while, which he isn't, from the way Raw ended, then... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens on that front. But I'm just chucking it out there. I'm just saying I'm not. He could be injured, and, I, and you know. Well, I no, I out. mean, another another good way of looking at it is why was Ric Flair there? Because Ric Flair could be saying they make you champion again. Mm, definitely. And then, again, works. It it blends your story to perfection. Uh, moving on, your thoughts on Drew and Bobby, really quick. 
Um, yeah, it was not bad. <laughs> I think I think I think they had to find a way and a, a, a smart way to get Lana out of the picture, and this was it, obviously, like mm. you know, and things like that. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they where they go going first. Obviously, McIntyre could find his way into a fresh challenge while Lashley deals with obviously the trouble between his team, you know, of MVP and Lana, um, you know, or Lashley gets another shot. You know, we'll love to see what happens on that one. Um, yeah, I don't have really much to say about Braun versus uh, Miz and Morrison. Do you? No, I think it was um, you know there's been reports of Bray Wyatt's coming back to SmackDown, so I would guess it was just a filler. Definitely, definitely. Um, Oscar Nia Jax double count out continues the feud, doesn't it? Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was just waiting for Nia Jax to injure or a report to come oh, out to say right, Oscar was injured. You yeah, know. if you imagine if she did injure Oscar, then then there would be some problems. I think. Uh, I was I was actually int- uh, surprised at the quality of the Sheamus Jeff Hardy match. I liked it. Um, it was a good. It was a top end. You know, even though it was early in the card, it was a top end mid card level match. I thought it was pretty decent, and it, they, obviously they can continue the story and carry it on, can't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it is a more invested storyline now. Basically, because it isn't just something that's been thrown together. But I mean, obviously, people were saying the Jeff Hardy bit's tacky because it's just um, you know the Vince storyline twenty years now. Mm. But obviously, based on real life situations, you know, Matt Hardy was very vocal about it. But you know, Jeff clearly you know wants to use it as storyline, and sometimes those storylines, unfortunately, are the best. I.e., look at Edge and um, Edge and Matt Hardy. And I think Jeff is trying to do it in a positive way. You know, he's constantly preaching about how he's changed his life and it is about family and stuff. If somebody was in that same situation as Jeff and they were watching it, they it may make them trigger that, you know what, it is about family. You know, you just never know. And if it changes one person's life, it's worked, obviously. Yeah. You know, and that's all it can do. Um, Women's Tag Team Championships. It looked like Sasha Banks and Bailey got their long-term wish as it looks like the belts are going across the brands, aren't they? Cause yes, they're, they're finally... <laughs> They're, they're finally doing what they wanted. And they're defending it on NXT, right? Against Tegan Knox. Is it Tegan Knox? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is Tegan Knox. I always get mixed up with uh, Dakota and uh, Tegan on NXT for some weird reason. But yeah, I mean, straightforward match. Bit uh, sloppy from the Iconics as usual when it comes to some of the impact on the yeah. news and stuff. But um, yeah. And then, obviously, you had the uh, pre-match show, which was uh, Apollo Crews shockingly defeating Andrade. If I actually put money down on an accumulator, I would have put a down on Andrade to win that. Yeah, really? Just because of... What, just because of kind of Paul Heyman's situation that he's now gone, or...? No, I just thought, like, they Andrade was someone they were really backing and pushing, and I thought, okay, this is a way for them. And at WWE's ways, when you finally think they're giving somebody ch- a chance, they put the belt back on the other person on the heel. So I thought, okay, they're going to put it back on Andrade, and then it goes from there, you know, the chase goes. But I'm happy they did that. And again, inkling on MVP as well, hanging around Apollo, so you never know what's going to happen on there. Um, I'm kind of hoping that he turns heel and he tries to go for a championship one or he refuses to turn heel and that gives Lashley a feud for the United States title to take it off Apollo, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, getting Lashley's title is, you know, a good shout in fairness. Mm. 
especially as a pushing him the way we told WWE to push him when he first came back to the WWE, when we were like, push him as a monster, not push him as a guy who sits down arguing with Sami Zayn, you know, on that front. But what can you say? Um, I And Lee, I'm not talking about the Street Profits, and I'm not even going there, because we had the best match that WWE have done in 2020, and the stupidest segment WWE have ever done in 2020. You know, so um, I'm going to go into the news, mate. And obviously the big news um, besides Heyman was obviously the positive test for coronavirus at the Performance Centre. Yes. So it's, um, they did a test. One came back positive. Uh, they've delayed taping to call people all back to be retested. But, I mean, this is the thing you've got to be really careful with, isn't it? It is, because obviously it's massively big news everywhere you know just muttering the word about what it is is obviously uh can uh, i'm trying to think of the word for youtube but basically uh demonetizes your videos and everything like that so it is a huge deal um i believe wwe put out a statement about this now afterwards which Mm. is because they were family members and they had been different distances there was no need for them to wear masks Mm, definitely and again it's one of those you know what WWE is like they would have I mean there was a report that they all came into tape and there was no tests done on one of the days which tells you like WWE if they can lax any way they can they will you know just to focus on tapings and things like that Um, and for you listeners to give you an idea how bad it is at the moment they tape for like seven to eight hours a day and the talent have to keep standing up no food or anything was provided to the point where Nikki Cross had to order them all pizzas just to feed them. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? But you mentioned it earlier that uh, you know the big news is Paul Heyman is no longer in charge of Raw from a creative standpoint. He is now just an on-screen talent, and obviously um, reports of that was major differences with Vince McMahon. And Vince blames Heyman. For the lack of ratings, obviously coronavirus and Paul Heyman or report near Paul Heyman came out that Vince just constantly kept changing things, didn't like ideas and wasn't open to change. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? Um, it's, it's almost been rumoured and mustered, hasn't it? The, mm. the, the trilogy of bookers and writers, so Bischoff to SmackDown, then he obviously had Heyman to Raw, and then obviously you had, um, oh, I forgot his name already, basically. Um, Bruce Pritchard. Thank you. I had something to wrestle with in my head then, and that's probably where it stemmed from. But basically, <laughs> you had you had the trilogy of you know all three gentlemen. It's funny now that Bischoff went, now Heyman's gone, and lo and behold, Bruce, you know, Bruce Pritchard, who is one of Vince's boys who went to TNA and come back and is still in a higher position. Um, I think it was very much kind of almost in a way a going for a job and then you eliminate candidates one by one. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, this is mad. It's, it's Vince, isn't it? You know, we thought the XFL would distract him. <laughs> it obviously didn't. And he's stressed out enough as it is, but we'll see where we go now with Bruce Pritchard. But, I mean, it just shows the fact that Bruce Pritchard is running both shows that he is a yes man to, he might do an edgy podcast or something here and there, but he is a yes man to Vince McMahon. If the fact that he's running both shows, Vince is obviously going to go for someone he's comfortable with, isn't he? Which means that we're going to get a lot more stupidity from Vince as usual. Um, But 
I mean, he hasn't been doing a bad thing on SmackDown at the moment. Obviously, uh, this past SmackDown, the go-home show for Backlash, again, was up on the previous week. So SmackDown's, you know, had a nice little run going. But I want to talk to you really quick before we go about AJ Styles because... Uh, the boy! What a match. What a match. He, the fact that I'm saying Randy Orton and Edge was better than AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown <laughs> tells you how good both matches were. You know, we don't get that sort of uh, consistency from WWE in the same bloody weekend. That you know? was a missed opportunity. That match should have been a backlash. But do you think that they are... I'm happy it wasn't actually because I think it would have been overshadowed by Edge and Randy and I think it would have stole a lot of the limelight from Edge and Randy because Edge and Randy was a very technical old school match Daniel Bryan and AJ had elements of that in there but yeah it looks like they're continuing the feud and it looks like AJ's a heel doesn't it yes definitely um which is, you know, is good. Again, you, you do wish that his boys were next to him as well, but obviously that kind of broken down. It's it, it's almost going to be him taking the piss, isn't it, in a way of, I'm not going to defend this belt, I'm just going to keep hold of it until I want to defend it and stuff. The only downside to that is how you would portray Zami Zayn in all of this, which I think at the moment is in the doghouse. Mm, def- oh yeah definitely he ain't coming back anytime soon whatsoever. No. <laughs> so, you know I mean he posted on social media that was just to be relevant but I don't think Vince McMahon has any plans for him just for quite a while yet you know uh, but it makes sense to not turn AJ babyface and then to turn him heel again because you know he is Undertaker's last match that's what Taker wants and it's the one that we kind of all want we want Taker to have that last great match and the only two realistically on the SmackDown brand that could give him that technical match that he wants is DB or AJ. So, and AJ makes sense, obviously, with the money in the bank scene and everything like that. But yeah, I'm happy they're keeping AJ as um, a heel. And I'm hoping that, I mean, obviously what they're doing, he wants the biggest presentation for a belt ever. And he wants DB to be there, um, which is obviously going to continue the thingy. So I'm kind of hoping, obviously, July 19th is Extreme Rules. If these two were to have some sort of match, what do you think it would be? If it was under a non-normal wrestling match gimmick? Um, probably a ladder, innit? That would be fucking amazing. Don't tease me. <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing. No, it would be, wouldn't it? Because there's no other really kind of non-outside standard match other than an Iron Man match. Mm. Really? You know, if you, if you do think about it, it's... I think that um, I quit. I think a lad is too dangerous for DB if he's the only one. See, I quit. I don't think it would work because it, one of them would have to say I quit. I think lad. I think a ladder. Okay, here's my here's my speculation on it. Do a ladder match hmm. and take a cross AJ. Okay. And then that's how you set up take a versus AJ. Interesting. Interesting. He comes be- from the grave. I know, but the thing is now with Taker, I kind of want him to have. Don't want it to be a Survivor Series. I want it to be. I want him to have the Ric Flair twenty four send off. Um, if there was ever a wrestler that deserved the promotion, that it's his final match at WrestleMania, and the crowd are there knowing they're witnessing the greatest gimmick of in all of wrestling have his final match, and he gets the Hall of Fame that weekend. He gets the send off on Raw. You know, whether it be on air or off air. Just the right whole package. 
Yeah. It's got to all be about him, you know what I mean? But then at the same time, knowing Taker, he'd be like, oh, I'm not happy, I want another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I've, I've heard about this wrestler called Alan Cole. You know, um, well, actually, while I've got you on the phone, uh, on the phone, on the chat as well, your, talk, your thoughts about um, Adam Cole, obviously, and Velveteen Dream, and obviously the events that happened and who his next challenger is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Brackyard Brawl was good. It was good fun. Um, I didn't think it was great, if you compare it to the John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and the Taker AJ um, matches, respectfully, obviously, with uh, WWE's WrestleMania kind of pre-build and all that kind of jazz and stuff like that. I think he... Okay, he would either lose the title to Cross, or Cross is going to be cost by Champa. Mm. There's gonna there's gonna be some form of line with that. I mean, obviously there is there is talk of him. You know, Britt Baker's obviously talked very highly that she wants him and others want him in AEW as well. So I think if that is in debate, I think a lot of the storyline will change. But they are heavily uh, pushing carrying cross or killer cross for those in the independent team. Mm. As for Velveteen Dream, I. Don't know what's left for him to do. Yeah. Now it's. I think he's. He needed to win the match in your house, and he didn't. Hmm. So where does he go? Because he he really needs, in my opinion, the fans for him to go to Raw and SmackDown. Whereas someone like Matt Riddle can go to Raw and SmackDown. Is he being punished by Vince? Uh, maybe because obviously there was that allegation about him doing the hit runs and obviously the uh, immature younger audience members and so forth like that uh, was alleged I will say uh, with stuff so maybe um, it's it's a a tough one because he he can bring so much to the, the platform you know he's characteristics his body language all this kind of jazz and stuff it's just you know something something something's happened you don't just do a match and then lose it you can't win it from carrying cross unless he sorry let me say mix my words there unless he beats carrying cross for the title because obviously he can't beat adam cole for the title Mm, definitely i mean this is a huge rub if it is definitely but uh yeah velveteen's that sort of one that will get a pop and a half when he comes out you know to the i wanted him to i love undisputed era and i love adam cole but as soon as i saw the hollywood hogan like jacket i wanted velveteen to win. <laughs> i wanted him to win you know but um excellent all right lee well again not much happening in the world of wrestling during this obviously global pandemic so unless something major major happens like a big acquisition or a loss of a talent Again, we'll wait for two to four weeks. We'll wait two weeks, obviously, for the next show. Um, and then we'll go from there. And as I mentioned, unless something big happens, like um, fans being allowed back or something, we'll switch back to weekly. But, yeah, I think the two-week thing is working. As you can see, there's not real much to talk about on a weekly basis. Imagine if there wasn't a pay-per-view. <laughs> what would we be talking about? You know. Uh, but have you got any final thoughts for the listeners? No, I mean, it's obviously one of the interesting things, actually, Sonny, that um, obviously we can tell the listeners if they're not known already, is the WWE Network now have a free subscription. Um, it obviously doesn't include NXT and stuff like that, but you can go back and watch uh, old pay-per-views. So Backlash obviously was being promoted, which was quite cool. So The Rock versus Goldberg, 
springs to mind for that one and obviously a lot of the kind of funny skit stuff so stuff like road trip if you're into that kind of you know outside of wwe grounds and so forth like that so if you are currently bored or you haven't jumped on the network in a while it sounds like a pay for ad it really isn't it's just you know it's free now for people to uh dive in and watch some wrestling content whilst everything mad is going in the world mm, definitely well we'll see what happens as we go forward on that one with that being said listeners we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode of let's talk wwe thank you very much for listening tonight stay safe and remember don't watch AEW. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Good night, everybody.